All right, I want you to turn to Judges chapter 6 and Matthew 19. If you want to just turn to one, you can turn to Judges chapter 6. Uh, and we're in a series called Frequency, Tune In, Hear God. And I hope that this is inspiring you to spend time with God on a regular basis and learn to hear His voice. And I gave you the most practical way I know to hear God last week, and it involves setting an appointment, setting a time and a place to meet with God and listening and reading His Word, praying, worshiping, and writing what you believe God is saying. So please, if you haven't been able to do that this last week for some reason, don't let the enemy stop you. Set a time and a place to meet with God on a regular basis. Uh, this week, the title of the message is Call for Confirmation. Call for Confirmation. I told you when we began the series, the number one question that I've been asked after 35 years of ministry is, how can I hear God? Probably the number two question would be, how can I know it's God? <laughs> how do I know it's God and not just me or my own thoughts or my own desires? So I'm going to give you how you know for sure that it's God. And I want you to understand that it's not wrong to ask God to confirm His Word. As a matter of fact, it's scriptural. God will always confirm His Word. So we do need confirmation to make sure that we're hearing God correctly. And I'll show it to you in Scripture. But let me give you a few Scriptures before we get to Judges chapter 6. Mark 16 verse 20 says, And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, and watch these three words, confirming the Word. Confirming the Word through the accompanying signs, amen. The reason the word amen is there is this is the last verse in the book of Mark. Every book in the New Testament other than three end with the word amen. It's just, that's just trivia, extra. I <laughs> uh, just want you to know. So, if you're ever in a party and they have one of those questions, you, you know, okay, all right, so this is a verse about God confirming His Word where Jesus is quoting the law, quoting from Deuteronomy, and He's talking about when you, you have an offended brother, you go to him first by yourself, and then you take someone else with you if he doesn't hear you. Matthew 18, verse 16, but if he will not hear, take with you one or two more that, now here's the quote from the Old Testament, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. This word established means made firm. Every word may be made firm, which is actually what the word confirm means. It means to make something firm. So that's when we ask God to confirm it, to establish it, to make it firm. And then Paul quotes this verse as well from the Old Testament. Second Corinthians 13.1 says, this will be the third time I'm coming to you. It's actually the third letter that he wrote, even though we call it 2 Corinthians. This will be the third time I'm coming to you. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. So, how do we call for confirmation? How do we ask God to confirm it? Let's start in Judges 6. Uh, if you remember, this is the story of, of Gideon. He asked about a fleece. Everyone knows about Gideon's fleece. But even before he asked for the fleece, he asked God to confirm His Word, all right? And I want to explain something to you. There were so much, so many scriptures I could read, so just go back in your quiet time 
Read all of Judges 6 and 7. You'll love it. But it says that the angel of the Lord came and sat under a terebinth tree and began to talk with Gideon. Now, I need you to understand that most theologians, and I would be one of those included in this category, believe that when the Old Testament says the angel of the Lord, that it's referring to Jesus. It's referring to God himself. Not an angel, but the angel of the Lord. And it's normally always capitalized, but here's one of the proof texts of why we believe that it's God. Because four times in Judges 6, when Gideon is talking to the angel of the Lord, it will say, and the Lord said to him. And it's referring to the angel of the Lord. But it says, so Gideon said this, and the Lord. He's talking to the angel of the Lord, but it says, the Bible says, and the Lord said to him. So this is just one of the passages that we believe is a proof text that shows the angel of the Lord is the Lord himself, or Jesus, all right? So we're picking up on this, all right? Judges 6, verse 16. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Then he, this is Gideon, said to him, capital H again, him, if now I found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. Even Gideon asked for confirmation that he was hearing God's voice. Verse 18, he said, do not depart from here, I pray, until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. And he, capital H, God, Jesus, said, I will wait until you come back. Now, I, I need to say something about this. This to me is one of the most amazing passages in the Bible. The Lord comes to the earth, talks to Gideon, and Gideon says, show me a sign that it is you who talks with me. I need to know it's you, God. Okay. It didn't offend God. God didn't say, idiot. He didn't do any of that. He's like, and Gideon says, here's the sign. Let me prepare an offering for you. And God says, I'll wait. Please let this dawn on you. God will wait for you to know that it's him. He's okay. He has all eternity. <laughs> He's okay. So God sits under a tree while Gideon goes and prepares an offering. But we just don't think about this because of our society today. There were no drive throughs there were no microwaves. He had to kill the goat and clean it, separate the muscle from the sinew. I'm not, I don't want to go into too much detail. It's bloody. It took a while. He didn't have a propane grill. He had to get the fire going. He had to wait till there were coals. He, this, was, this was a several-hour process. And then he brings it back. Remember, he's asking for a sign. He brings it back. The Lord has a, a staff in his hand, is what it says. He took the staff and he touched. Gideon put the, the meat, cooked meat on a rock, poured broth over it. The Lord touched it with the end of the staff, and this is what it says. And fire came out of the rock and consumed all of it. I'd say he got a sign. <laughs> What do you think? Would that be a sign? Okay. After he gets the sign, guess what he does? 
asked for another sign. And it doesn't make God mad. Look, look, look let's read down. Look at verse uh, 36. This is where the fleece comes in. A fleece is a, a, a wool from a, a, a lamb. So Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, look, I shall put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only, and it is dry on all the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said. And it was so. When he rose early the next morning and squeezed the fleece together, he wrung the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. Okay, that's another sign. Would you believe now? Next verse, verse 39. Then Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me, but let me speak just once more. Look at the patience of God. You would think at some point he'd say, I'm going to go someone else. <laughs> this is, now you're asking for a third sign. Let me test, I pray, just once more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, but on all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night. It was dry on the fleece only, but there was dew on all the ground. I just want to get this so ingrained in us that God's okay with us asking for a sign. Lord, I just want to know I'm hearing you. It's not you speaking, it's my ability to hear. I can get my own thoughts, my own desires. I just want to make sure it's you. It's okay. As a matter of fact, it's not an okay, it's biblical. So then, let me just go on with this story some, and then the points we'll cover kind of quickly. This is just such a great story. So, so Gideon calls for the whole army of Israel. 32,000 men show up. And the Lord says, oh, this, this is too many. Because if you win with 32,000 men, if you win with 32,000 men, you'll take the glory for yourself. You'll all think it's because your army was big and strong. So he says, I want you to make an announcement that anyone who is afraid can go home. Now remember, think of the number. 32,000 men are there. Gideon says, if anyone is afraid, you can go home. 22,000 left. <laughs> I can just see the announcement. If anyone's afraid, you can go home. I'm going to pray. You pray. Bless you. Hey, we're going to head out, but our prayers are with you. <laughs> we'll be praying for you, Gideon. 10,000 left. So he's still thinking, hey, I got at least 10,000. You know what God says? Many. Too many. You'll still take the credit. So take them down to the river, and every man who laps water like a dog you set him over to the side. Now, you know Gideon's thinking, oh, it's great. We're going to get rid of the crazies. <laughs> 300 of them go. <laughs> you ever seen a dog lap water? It's not pretty. And God says, take the dog lappers with you. That's your army, the dog lappers. You know, there's a guy over there going, you know, like, okay. <laughs> and then, listen, Gideon 
needs another sign. <laughs> and God says, sneak down to the Midian camp at night. I have prepared an encouraging word for you. He goes down, gets behind a tree or something. Here's a Midianite soldier telling other soldiers, I had a dream last night. I dreamed that a loaf of bread, a loaf of bread, rolled down the hill and hit my tent. It knocked it over flat, and then it went through and knocked over all of our tents. And one of the other soldiers says, that means that it's Gideon. That's the sword of Gideon. God's on his side. God's not on our side, and we're going to lose. And it encouraged Gideon. I hope you're catching this. I'm telling you not only will God speak to you, but he'll speak to you over and over and over and over again until you get it through your thick skull. <laughs> He's good. So, there are three confirmations in Scripture that, get this, they work every time for every person. Not just for the special people. They work every time, every time, for every person. How can you know that you're God? Now, I put them in the form of questions. Uh, so we'll go through the questions in a moment. But you know how I am about alliteration. I like for my points to begin with the same letter. But I didn't feel led to do that with these, but I still thought of how I could do some alliteration. I'm just gifted. It's just a... So, just so you, if you want to write them down, you can remember. So, it's number one, his word, his wisdom, and his ways. His word, his wisdom, and his ways. Now, I am so gifted, I thought of three more with a different letter. Okay, look at this. His principles, his people, and his peace. His principles... His word, his principles, his wisdom, his people, that we're going to know about counsel, his ways, his peace. I got three more. <laughs> I love to do this. All right, here are three more. His character, his counsel, or his calm. For all you pastors who are watching, just gave you three great outlines, all right? So, you can, we're going to leave this up for a little while if you want to write them down. The only reason I do that is so you can remember. I just want you to remember, what are the three ways that Pastor Robert said that I could test a word from God, all right? So we'll leave them up a little while if you want to write them. So here's point number one. Does it line up with the Bible? Does it line up with God's word, his principles, and his character? Does it line up with the Bible? Hear this. God's voice will never disagree with God's word. God's voice will never disagree with God's Word. Matthew 19, verses 3 and 4, Then the Pharisees also came to him, testing him, and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? Now, you need to know something. The word just was added by the translators. It's not in the Greek. So what they said was, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason? Any reason. Watch his answer. And he answered and said to them, have you not read? Have you not read? Okay. Now, he goes on. They said, yeah, but Moses said because, the, you know, he permitted the divorce. Jesus said, yes, because of the hardness of your heart. I know when I speak on divorce, 
that it's a, it's a horrible thing that many, many people have experienced. I want you to understand that uh, in no way, in no way do I or does anyone in this church uh, see you as uh, a second-class citizen or anything like that if you've experienced it. But I still have to talk about it, okay? With love in my heart, I promise you. Uh, when God says he hates divorce, you need to understand it doesn't say he hates divorced people. It's the same thing as if God said, I hate car wrecks. God hates divorce because divorce hurts people and he loves people. It's same if he said, I hate car wrecks because car wrecks hurt people and I love people. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. So, but here's the reason they were asked this question and here's the reason Moses permitted to, for to get divorced is because these men actually were marrying other wives at this time and they were treating their first wife as a sex slave they were verbally abusing her, physically abusing her, and sexually abusing her, and she wouldn't be free. She couldn't go. And, and so God, Moses goes to God, and God says, listen, if that's the way they're going to do it, if they're not going to treat her like a queen, because I, I created her to be a queen, if they're not going to treat her right, have them give her a certificate of divorce so she can at least get out from under the abuse. That's where this came from, all right? So, but here's the point. They said, we, we, we'd like a word from God. He said, why don't you read the Bible? You want a word from God on marriage and divorce? Read the Bible. Have you not read? God's word speaks. Don't ever tell me you have a word from God and the Bible doesn't agree with it. And here's what people do. They'll take one scripture out of context and they'll try to prove it. They'll say, yeah, but I got a scripture on it. Okay, we're not talking about one scripture. Now, the Bible will never contradict itself, but your interpretation of the Bible might contradict the whole word. So we're talking about the whole word. Does the whole word agree with it? You, you can, I've told you this for just kind of some funny stuff. You can take one scripture out of context and prove just about anything you want to. For instance, you can prove by the Bible that David had a motorcycle. It says David's triumph was heard throughout the land. You can prove that Moses played tennis. It says Moses refused to serve in the courts of Pharaoh. <laughs> now, this next one, let me tell you why. I'm, I'm telling it because I shouldn't, I shouldn't have told this when I was younger. I did it in my 20s. It's a bad one. I'm just warning you right now. But it got turned around on me. So that's the only reason I'm telling you, okay? It's the, so please don't get mad at me. I'm telling you it's, it's bad to say, but I was young and stupid, and it got turned around on me, okay? Here's what I said one time in my 20s. I, when I was talking about taking the Scripture out of context, I said, you can prove that there will be no women in heaven. Because the book of Revelation says, and there was not a sound heard for 30 minutes. <laughs> okay, here's the reason I tell you, okay? You know, obviously, implication is a woman couldn't keep quiet for 30 minutes. Okay, so I tell that one time from the pulpit, this little old lady comes up to me afterwards, tugs on my coat and says, there won't be any preachers there either. Okay, touche. I think that's better. All right, so does it agree with the Bible? Does it line up with the Bible? Number two, does godly counsel agree? Does godly counsel agree, not goodly counsel? Here's what people do. They'll go to someone and say, what do you think? They say, I don't think that's God. They go to someone else, what do you think? I don't think that's God. They go to someone else, what do you think? I think that's good. I agree with you. 
That's not godly counsel. Let me tell you what godly counsel is. Uh, the simplest definition, it's people who really know God, know His Word, and know you. It's really good if they know how impetuous you are sometimes. And they can say, uh, I think you're going a little fast. So don't just go to anybody. Go to a godly, mature believer. Let me give you a few scriptures on counsel. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he who heeds counsel is wise. Proverbs 19, 20 and 21. Listen to counsel and receive instruction that you may be wise in your latter days. There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, not just good counsel, God's counsel, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. Proverbs 24, 6, for by wise counsel you will wage your own war. And in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. Is it wise counsel? Here's a good question. Is it stupid counsel? Rehoboam takes over as king, says to his father's counselors, what should I do? They said, this is amazing for any, any leadership position you ever serve in. They said to him, if you will serve the people, they will be your servants forever. Great counsel. If you'll be a servant, they'll serve the vision God's given you. But it says Rehoboam didn't listen to the counselors of his father. Instead, he went to his friends. His friends said, you tell them, if you think my father's hand was heavy, my little finger is heavier than his whole hand. Get this. Have you ever heard of the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom? That happened because of Rehoboam. It divided the church. It split God's people. Please get godly counsel. I had this guy tell me one time, uh, he said, uh, Pastor Robert, I have um, uh, left my wife and I'm living with another woman and I wanted to know your counsel. I said, are you kidding me? So I first went to the Bible. I said, have you read the Bible? He said, God gave me a scripture. I said, no, God did not give you a scripture. Satan did. When Satan tempted Jesus, do you remember what he did? Quoted a scripture. You know what Jesus said? You want to get in a spitting contest with me? <laughs> Think about how stupid it was. He quoted the word to the word. Jesus said, uh, no, it is written, it is written, it is written. I'll tell you what the Word says, buddy. Okay. So I said to this guy, no, you didn't get a scripture from God. You got a scripture from the devil. He said, Pastor, I'm a spirit-filled Christian. I said, yes, would you like for me to tell you some of the spirits you're filled with? <laughs> because you are not filled with the Holy Spirit. Because what you're doing is violating God's Word. But he wasn't looking for counsel. He was looking for someone who'd give him the approval to live in sin. So does it line up with the Bible? Does godly counsel agree? Here's number three. Do I have peace? Do I have peace? You can't imagine how big this is, how God created you. 
with this gauge inside of you, whether you have peace or not. Colossians 3.15 says, and the peace of God, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Now, um, you know, the New Testament was written in Greek. Some of the words that Paul uses are from sporting events. This is one of them. This word actually means umpire. It's from a sporting event, and it's the umpire. Let the peace of God umpire in your heart. Let God's peace tell you whether this is safe for you or whether you should get out of this situation. I want you to think about this. How many times have you not had peace? <laughs> and many times we do it anyway. God never leads through fear. He always leads through faith. Always. If you don't have peace, get out. Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. This word for understanding is the word reasoning. Logic passes all of your logical reasonings. The peace of God will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The word guard here from the Greek is a military term, not a sporting term, it's a military term, and it means a garrison of soldiers. A garrison of soldiers. A garrison of God's angels will guard your heart and your mind if you walk in peace. That was good. There wasn't one amen. Now I'm just going to just, no, it's all, no, it's too late. Too late. No, if you're not going. All right. Isn't that good though? How many times has your mind been troubled and you hadn't been able to go to sleep? It's because you're going somewhere and you don't have peace. If you just simply say, God, I'll stop. The peace comes back just like that. I'm not going to move. If, you don't, if I don't have peace, I'm not moving. This is what God does. God will give you a word, and he'll confirm that word. It will line up with his word. It, godly counsel will agree, and you'll have peace. Let me tell you about a time a friend of mine and I went into former Yugoslavia during the Civil War. We actually were preaching about 30 miles from the Civil War. We could hear bombs and guns going off. And when we got up to the border, there was this big long line, and he had a Red Cross badge. And so when they uh, saw that, we, they said, oh, you come this way. So we go right around everybody, show them the Red Cross badge, boom, they just let us in just like that. So we got in, and then he went one way uh, to preach in a church. I went another way to preach in church. We're going down the road, and I'm sitting in the passenger seat, there's four of us, three Yugoslavians and me, and I'm sitting there, and we come up to a checkpoint. There's a guard on our side of the road and a guard on the other side of the road. He stops us. He says to the driver in Slavic, papers, and the driver pulls his papers out. Then, instead of coming to me, he goes to the guy in the back seat. He says, papers. He pulls his papers out. Then the other guy in the back seat, papers, pulls his papers out, says to me, papers. I didn't have any papers. I didn't, I didn't have a clue what he was talking about, you know. And so he says to me again in Slavic, but papers, you know, and uh, I'm just sitting there. I don't know what to do. Now, while he's going around the three guys, this pretty girl on a bicycle pulls up on the other side of the road and starts talking to the guard. Our guard starts looking over. He wants to be over there with the pretty girl. God will use anything to get his word out. <laughs> 
So he's saying to me, papers, he wants to get it over with so he can go talk to the pretty girl, you know? And then the driver from Yugoslavia says, he's from Dallas. He didn't say Texas, and we're overseas in another country. Most people say USA. They don't even say America, if, you, if you've ever traveled abroad. They say USA. Most would say USA, or, or Texas even. He said Dallas. He's from Dallas. Here's what the guard did. The guard went, oh, Dallas Cowboys. I said, yes, Dallas Cowboys. He said, go on. So we take off, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of laughing. I think it's funny. These three guys aren't laughing. I said, what's going on? They said, well, we went to get your visa last week, and we couldn't get it. And uh, you don't have any papers. And I said, well, what does that mean? They said, well, last year we had a pastor from America. He didn't have papers, and they put him in jail for six months. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Well, as the day went on, that realization began to minister to me. <laughs> and I got scared. And that night, I couldn't sleep. And I got up and I walked outside. And I said, God, I got to have a word. I got to have a word from you. And I looked up and I saw the Big Dipper. And, the gods, and God said to me, I hold those stars in place, and I'll take care of you. And that lines up with his word. And all godly counsel will agree, and God's peace came. And I went in and went to sleep. I was talking with that pastor just a few years ago, and he said to me, the revival that spread across former Yugoslavia started when you and that other pastor came 20-something years ago. We've been in revival ever since. Because God spoke. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I hope that this series is creating a hunger in you to hear God. But I'm not only going to teach you how to hear God, I'm going to teach you how to make sure it's God. And it's okay to ask God to confirm His Word. He will always confirm it through the Bible, through godly counsel, and through peace. We want to pray for you. We end every service this way. If you have any prayer need, no matter which campus you're attending or if you're in an overflow room, if you have any prayer need, don't ever be embarrassed to ask for prayer. And you don't have to be a member of Gateway Church to come for prayer. This is what we do. We worship, we have His Word, and we pray. So we're going to have one more worship song at every campus. And if you have a prayer need for anything, family, finances, health, maybe you haven't heard God in the area and you really need to know God's direction, you just want someone to agree that God will speak to you and that He will confirm His Word. If you need prayer in any area of your life, as soon as we stand up, just as soon as we stand up at every campus, you just simply stand up, step out, come to the front of the room where you are, and we'll have people there to pray with you, all right? Holy Spirit, I pray you'll draw every person at every campus that has any prayer need. In Jesus' name, amen.